It is another beautiful Tuesday afternoon. Welcome to the Pastor's Study here on WHOV. This is the essence of HU 88.1 WHOV. This is Pastor Kevin Swan of Ivy Baptist Church. Have Pastor Ray Johnson of Calvary Revival Church Peninsula in studio with us. But before we get started, I want to take an opportunity to thank once again Jay Lang, the station manager here, Kevin Moose Anderson, who also works uh, with WHOV. Over the weekend, uh, they had a program, a dinner uh, for the radio station, and I am pleased and proud and humbled by the fact uh, that our show uh, received the 2009-2010 Best Talk Show host, uh, which was myself, and I certainly accept this award on behalf of Pastor Ray Johnson and also Pastor John Young of Empowered Believers Christian Learning Center, and I am just thankful to Jay Lang. Uh, when I walked in today, the trophy was sitting there, and uh, we just give God praise that someone uh, such as Jay would think enough of our show uh, to want to award us. And so we say thank you from the bottom of our hearts that uh, you would think of our show in this way. And so once again, if you are listening to the show for the very first time, this show is designed to talk about relevant issues that affect our community. We talk about it from a biblical perspective. Uh, we open up the phone lines. We like to hear from you. We bring in people to talk to you about certain issues. And we just like to have a good time in Jesus' name. And sometimes we talk about things that uh, should be talked about in the churches that are not always discussed. And uh, we just like to hear from everybody. And that's kind of what we do. Uh, what we have been doing in, in, in this year has our, uh, Pastor Johnson and Pastor Young, we've been talking about what are some things that really are impacting our community. And the one thing that we started off with was fitness. And we have a certified fitness trainer, Jerry Good, who's been coming on the show uh, he's been consistent every other week. But there was another individual that we've been trying to get for some time now. And uh, we have finally been able to connect, fortunate enough to get with him. And he's going to be talking with us about our finances. Because we also know in addition to having strong bodies, you need to have your finances in order. Now let me say this. Everybody that we bring on the show are people that we deal with directly directly myself I, uh, Jerry Good he's my own certified he, he works me out he trains me and and this financial planner that we're bringing to you he is my also my personal uh, financial planner he is an outstanding planner uh, I want to introduce him to you uh, his name is uh, Ken Royster and he is a senior financial planner 25 years in the financial services industry get this everybody he currently manages over 30 million dollars of client asset. And he markets his services to small business owners, professionals, clergy also. So if you are a pastor, if you're in ministry, he works directly with pastors to help them uh, with their finances and their financial packages from the churches. And he also works with upper middle class and affluent families. But most of all, he works with African-American constituents and families. And we are honored to have him on the show today. Ken, good afternoon to you. How are you doing today? Man, I don't know how to behave after an introduction like that. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you, Kevin. I really appreciate it. Uh, Pastor Johnson, how you doing? He's he's here in the studio. He slipped out for a moment, but uh, he is listening, and he, and okay. he does say hello. Yeah, well, tell him I, he, he might remember me doing the power lunch over Calvary. I'm sure he does. And, and Ken, uh, in the interest of time, because we do know we want to bring you on the show consistently, because we understand that money is, is a subject for a lot of people. Uh-huh. Um, 
and and we know that uh, people are struggling with money. So to help people to understand who you are, I gave you some brief background. But can you tell people yourself about your your work in the industry and what you've been doing? And we do need you to turn your radio down just a little bit, if you can do that for us. Turn your radio just a little bit. And, and go, go ahead and talk to us, Ken. Just tell us about yourself, man. I mean, I know you've given me some information, but you've been doing this for a long time. And a lot of people are struggling now. The economy is not where it's supposed to be. Kind of help us along and give us some some advice and some things about uh, where we are right now in the economy. Well, the economy is turning around. Um, one thing good about being in the Hampton Roads area is that uh, we happen to be fortunate to be in what we call a uh, 65 to 70% civil servant market. That means that a lot of the jobs around here are generated through the federal government and through the uh, uh, stimulus package, uh, through just normal government work, uh, through the Navy, through the um, Air Force, through the uh, Army. Uh, there's a lot of activity going on around here. If you look around, we have about seven or eight bases around here. We are the home of the Navy. And so uh, a lot of activity is generated through those industries. Uh, with that being said, uh, their unemployment rate in this area is about 50% less than it is nationwide. Uh, but uh, the number that stands out, again, as a focus piece is African-Americans. We still uh, would probably, if you said it, the, national, the uh, average for unemployment in this area is 5%. For, for most people, it's probably 10% for African-Americans. So we still have to be diligent in terms of getting our skill set uh, together to go out and face the employment world. Uh, we have to make sure we're educated and that uh, we bring our best to work when we go to work. Uh, with that being said, on the money side, uh, we also have to prepare for our future. Uh, one of the things I tell people is that uh, it's never too early to start saving money. It's never too early to start a, uh, an investment program. Despite what people may believe about the market, the economy, uh, America is a capitalist nation, and uh, people are going to make profits and going to do business uh, regardless of what the economic conditions are. Uh, I was sharing with a friend of mine the other day. It's amazing that as bad as they say the economy is, how come the cost of goods and services aren't going down that much? You're absolutely right. They're, okay. They're... Uh, the only thing you might could get a discount on is the cost. <laughs> okay? Right. Everything else is steady where it is. Everything else is steady where it is or increasing. Uh, I don't know if the last time you checked out what it cost to get a gallon of milk. Milk. Gallon of milk is as much as much as gas. You got that right. Gas is going back up, <laughs> creeping back up, and and it seems like the housing prices in the housing market, the the price of homes is going back up slowly but steadily as well. Yeah, well, they're they're stabilizing, but you still got an issue. You know, when people lose their jobs, uh, their whole economic situation can turn, and that's one reason why you want to have a good uh, investment and savings plan in place where you prepare for emergencies, like losing your job. I mean, that's about the worst thing that can happen to a person outside of their health going bad. Uh, or losing a loved one is pretty much losing their job. So uh, that can, can weigh on people. Uh, I, I heard you mention about, you know, the emphasis, the emphasis that on some of your shows you talk about health. Well, a person's financial stability also impacts their health. Uh, when people aren't doing that well financially, they tend to not be uh, solid in terms of their nerves. Uh, they tend to have a little bit more anxiety. They tend to uh, be a little more restless, and they tend not to uh, to take care of themselves as well either because of their economic condition. 
So we try to talk to people about, you know, the overall well-being of themselves and that their finances do play a part in that. We're talking with Ken Royster, who is the senior financial planner, 25 years in the financial services industry. He is he is well known and respected in this industry, currently manages over 30 million dollars of client assets. He also works with a wide range of groups. He also works in particular with clergy. And I myself have one of his clients. Ken, you know, this show, a lot of folks who listen to the show are Christians. Maybe there might be some pastors or -hmm. some church leaders that are listening to the show. Mm -hmm. Um, What kind of advice do you give, generally speaking, to to people? Or or better yet, what kind of mistakes are some things that normally happen that when you come in, you kind of correct and help people? Because I'm sure, and we've had discussion before, a lot of pastors may not always understand or clergy always understand the types of rules and regulations that are afforded to them. So for those who are listening, what type of specific service do you offer? Well, we we do uh, specifically uh, clergy compensation strategies, and one of the things that we try to uh, educate the church leadership and the pastors on is all the benefits that they can uh, take advantage of through the Internal Revenue Service Code uh, that are specifically targeted for clergy. You may recall about a decade ago, and maybe even less than that, there was there was uh, pastors were, were were under siege, so to speak, by uh, by Congress. They wanted to, uh, to check out all the mega preachers and make sure that they weren't doing anything illegal because they were living so well, doing so well in their churches and so forth. Well, uh, I tell people all the time that it, it, a pastor doesn't have to do something wrong, okay? to to gain an economic benefit as it relates to the Internal Revenue Service Code because there are so many benefits in the code for them. All they have to do is be knowledgeable and educated on how to do it. And I have found that over the years, even uh, I I think I shared with you that I had an opportunity to go down to uh, Creflo Dollar Ministries and uh, present to uh, his pastor group. And one of the things he was concerned about was the fact that just because a person is under someone's covering didn't mean that they had the same access to the same resources to provide support for them in their ministry. Example would be, do they have a good financial planner? Do they have a good accountant? Do they have uh, good uh, leadership teams in the church who understand how to properly do things to keep them out of trouble? And uh, we found that uh, a majority of them did not. They, matter of fact, didn't know that they even needed those things. They they focused on their ministry. And the economic benefits they were gaining from doing ministry, they weren't always certain that they were doing the right things. And what we do is we get with them and their leadership team and kind of show them how to properly structure things uh, so that they can do better by themselves. And, and for those who are listening who are pastors or just clergy, maybe you're just... Uh, working in the church, maybe you're not in in ministerial capacity, but maybe you're working at the church full-time, whatever it is, I highly, highly recommend Ken to come in and sit down and talk with you about how to structure things properly so that you he uh, things are working in your best interest. And so, Ken, for those who are listening uh, and want to get in contact with you, can you give out any information, phone number, email address, whatever you want to give? Can you do that now? Absolutely. Um, uh, first thing I'll do is give you my web address. It's www.firstgenesis, and that's the word first spelled out in Genesis like in the Bible, va.metlife.com. If you're a clergy person, there's a tab on there where I give a full overview of our clergy compensation plan and services. So you can go there and, and access that information there. If you're a, 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 a person who's non-clergy and you just want to check out Ken Royster, you can go in there. i got all kinds of information on my website, K 
calculators, literature, and then how to reach me as well there. Um, my direct email is kroyster at metlife.com. My telephone number is 757-627-6603. I have a competent staff there, Holly and Susan. They'd be able to uh, assist you uh, in terms of getting an appointment with me. So let's give that email address. Uh, excuse me. The website is firstgenesisva.metlife.com, correct? That's correct. Okay, so again, first is spelled out, F-I-R-S-T, Genesis, G-E-N-E-S-I-S-V-A.metlife.com. The email address is kroyster, or R-O-Y-S-T-E-R, at metlife.com. And then the phone number is 627-6603. Now, Ken, we know that you work more than just with clergy. You work with any individual and helping them to prepare we do know that you have agreed to come on the show in the future and talk candidly about what we need to do specifically to help with our finances. We're very excited about you agreeing to come on the air. But mm-hmm. if there's one thing, and we're almost out of time, if there's one thing that you notice that people need to start looking at now, maybe a common issue that you see working with your clients that people need to correct or whatever the case might be that will help them to be in a better position financially, what would that be? That is how their portfolios are allocated. Uh, you know, after going through what we went through in 2008 and the latter part of 2007, uh, I found that a lot of people were uh, what we call out of position as it relates to how their portfolios should be aligned. Uh, some of them took what we call catastrophic losses unnecessarily, and we want to make sure that people are lined up properly with their portfolio based on their ability to handle risk and their time horizon. Okay, so once again, uh, and you help with that, you sit down with clients, you talk to them, and uh, so for those who are listening, we encourage you to follow up. Please give him a call. He'll be glad to sit down and talk with you about uh, these types of strategies. Again, the email address is kroyster at metlife.com. His phone number is 627-6603, and the website address is firstgenesisva.metlife.com. And again, this is Ken Royster, Senior Financial Planner, and uh, he is wonderful at what he does. And I can speak from personal experience. Uh, My wife and I are very pleased with his services. And Ken, uh, we do thank you for coming on the air today. And we look forward to you coming back soon and we can sit down and work out a strategy to really help some of the listening audience to be better prepared financially. Thank you, Kevin, for the opportunity. All right. You take care, Ken. Uh, And we're going to take a break here. And when we come on the other side of the break, Uh, Pastor Johnson is in studio with us, and we're going to continue with our topic that we've been talking about for the last month or so, and that is the state of the black family and and the community and how it's been on a decline, some of the issues that we believe are impacting the black family. We've gone through, I believe, eight of the ten reasons, and these reasons are not in any particular order, but we will do nine and ten, or at least try to get to nine and ten Today, we'll talk about that on the other side of the break. This is the essence of HU 88.1 WHOV. Listen, Eden is kingdom, and Eden mindset is a kingdom mindset. Let me hear you. Where my Eden citizens at? Where my Eden citizens at? Where you at? Let me see you do your hands like this. Let me hear you, let me hear you Put your hands together like this 
And once again, welcome back to the Essence of HU 88.1 WHOV. This is Pastor Kevin Swan again of Ivy Baptist Church. And we have in studio with us, as always, my partner in crime, Pastor Ray Johnson of Calvary Revival Church Peninsula. Pastor, how you doing today, man? Good to be with you, sir. As always, good to be with you. Ready to talk about how to keep these families together so that the kingdom of God can continue to expand and do well. Absolutely. And once again, if you're just tuning in, we want to take opportunity, Pastor Johnson, Pastor Young, and myself, to once again thank Jay Lang, station manager here of WHOV. Uh, once again, over the weekend, they had uh, a radio uh, dinner and awards ceremony, and uh, our show was recognized uh, in that uh, awards ceremony. So we want to say thank you again. Uh, we do humbly accept this award and uh, thank God for what uh, he is doing in this particular ministry. I mean, just outstanding for us to have the opportunity to be recognized by the station is uh, truly a blessing indeed. It's tremendous, and uh, we receive it with all humility and grace and just look forward to serving the uh, population here at Hampton Roads and in particular here at Hampton University. Absolutely, and we're ready to go ahead and jump in. And if you just are tuning in, you missed out on a treat. Ken Royster, who is a senior financial planner, uh, he will be coming on the show, much like Jerry Good, who is our certified fitness trainer. Uh, we decided at the beginning of the of the year that uh, finances and fitness would be our primary targets. We wanted to bring in some people that could talk candidly about these issues. Both of them have a high impact in the African-American community. And so uh, we're excited about Ken coming on. And he'll be also uh, doing some giveaways and things much like Jerry Good does. And so we're excited about him. But we are in this particular discussion, Pastor Johnson. We've been in it for the past uh, a little over a month. And to be honest, you know, I thought that we would be able to have this discussion in a couple of weeks. But it seems like we've hit a nerve and uh, each of these topics have deserved uh, a show basically on its own. And uh, what we've been talking about for the past month or so is the state of the black family and how the black family has been impacted by a number of factors. And we came up with 10 and these 10 aren't necessarily in order, but just 10 of things that we thought uh, were of great concern to the African-American community. First one, as we said before, several states, including Washington, D.C., uh, passing same-sex civil unions. And we've talked about that at length, about the whole notion of civil unions uh, that are proliferating in our country. Second one, teenage pregnancies. Uh, when a child is born into poverty, as most children are, unfortunately, to teenage mothers, there is unfortunately a high risk that that child will remain below the poverty level. Now, there are some exceptions, but by and large, most children who are born into poverty have a tendency to stay there. Number three, high divorce rates. Uh, we know in our country, six uh, out of 10 almost uh, end in divorce and most within the first five years. So that's the first three that we've listed. And even those right there would be tragic enough in our own communities. I mean, just the divorce rates, uh, just the number of children that are born uh, into poverty and that uh, continuing cycle that continues to happen to keep children locked in within that 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 structure of just continuing to, to have children before your time, uh, before you're married, simply continues the, the, the poverty cycle within our community. And it's no wonder uh, many of the children are performing the way that they are in regards to their home and family environments. Uh, the increasing number of couples uh, who prefer to live together. That was another one. The high divorce rate, that was another one. I mean, Pastor Swan, each one of these could have literally gone on probably two to three months within themselves 
in each show with this list that you have here. Yeah, and it's, and it's been devastating. When you put them all together, it's been devastating to our community. Number four, as Pastor Johnson mentioned, the increasing number of couples who prefer to, uh, as we call it on the show, cohabitate. <laughs> as a, uh, Cohabitate uh, as opposed to getting married. And, and for some, there is just a tremendous amount of fear of getting married for whatever reason. Number five, the number of children who are raised in single-parent homes. African-American children are the highest percentage of any children in any ethnic group to be raised in a single-parent environment. 78% of all African-American children live in a single-parent home. Number six, women in the workforce, entering the workforce. And this was a hot-button topic for us, Pastor Johnson, uh, for women now entering in. Uh, more women now more educated than ever before, making more money than ever before. In some cases, making more money than their uh, their male counterpart. That perhaps is creating some challenges in dynamic as, as far as role and what it means to be a male provider of a family. Uh, and certainly that's playing out. Number seven, open marriages. <laughs> we talked about that a couple of weeks ago. Couples who uh, are willingly and openly engaging in uh, sexual activity outside of the marriage. Uh, and they say that um, because it's open, there's no, uh, there's not necessarily a level of cheating because everybody understands what is going on. An arrangement. An arrangement is what we have. An understanding is what we have. I wonder with that particular statistic, Pastor Swan, I wonder if there is a, a, an age um, uh, factor that comes along with that particular statistic meaning that maybe more younger couples um, are embracing the phenomena of being in open relationships and open marriages, or is that something that has become quite cultural today across the spectrum uh, in America? I, I wonder what, what the statistics would say in regards to age. Is it more younger people, maybe under 30, or people in their 30s and 40s and 50s participating uh, within this construct of open marriages i wonder what that would say to us very interesting point but we do know as it's been alleged that uh actress monique um is engaged uh -huh. in an open relationship so i am not sure how old she is but she has to be within our our middle yeah middle age demographic so i would i would dare to say it's not necessarily just for the younger but maybe people are looking at different ways to salvage marriage and, and this, for some, may be an option. Last week, we talked about men on the down low uh, and, and men who are having secret affairs, not with women, but with other men. And we did raise the question last week as well. What about women? Are women doing these things as well, having of secret affairs with other women? Well, you know, it's not that women aren't, aren't having uh, secret affairs. They are. Uh, they're just a little bit down lower than men are. They don't they don't get caught as easy as men do. If you if if I could say it that way, but absolutely, women are having secret affairs in relationships uh, with persons um, of the same sex and opposite sex. So that that's a really a two way street. And I just wanted to mention this, Pastor Swan, uh, that we're hosting something called Family Forum uh, coming at coming up on our churches quarterly on Wednesdays. Got one coming up this Wednesday. One of the questions that one of my young people asked. In regards to this uh, download phenomenon, it's not necessarily a download issue, but it applies in regards to uh, women. Young person asked the question and said, wants to ask the question, and our panel is going to answer it. 
What do I do when I know that my mother is having an affair on my father? And should I tell my mother or not? So absolutely, women are engaged in extramarital relationships, just as anybody else. It's not just the men who are doing things. These are very real issues that are coming to our churches and are impacting our families. And uh, before we get into number nine today, I do want to also mention, as Pastor Johnson has, that Ivy Baptist Church is sponsoring its first family conference. Uh, you know, after doing this list, I think Pastor Johnson, Pastor Young, and myself, we all feel compelled and have a sense of duty and obligation to help try to correct some of these societal ills that are damaging our families. And I think we all agree that when you have dysfunctional family, that breeds into dysfunctional church, that breeds into dysfunctional society. And we need to find ways uh, to make sure that we are doing things of God. So the conference is going to be May 20th through the 23rd. It is restoring our families, understanding God's purpose for his people. And the conference will be free and open to the public. And for more information, you can visit the website, ivybaptistchurch.org. Again, that's ivybaptistchurch.org. Number nine. Are we ready, Pastor Johnson, for number nine? Of one of the reasons why the African-American family is being literally disintegrated. Number nine is the high level of incarceration slash probation rates, particularly for black men uh, in our society. And so uh, we understand that a black male with a felony in the United States really is almost like having a death sentence because one of the first questions that is always asked on a job application is, have you ever been convicted of a felony? And so we know that that restricts and reduces a lot of economic opportunity, but yet there are still a high degree of African-American males involved in the penal system. And that undoubtedly has to have some level of impact on the family. If, in fact, 78 percent of single 78 uh, percent of children are living in single parent homes. Could it be perhaps that a number of the fathers are incarcerated and how that impacts the family unit? Well, I tell you, Pastor Swan, absolutely. Uh, the number of black men that are in a part uh, that are a part of the penal system definitely impacts black marriage just because it impacts them from an economic standpoint. Um, and as we mentioned before, the number of women who are progressing within society today that are doing quite well. Uh, economically, they're not really looking at men who are who are who are at least able to hold a steady job, more or less men who are being locked out of the economic system. So this greatly impacts um, the status of family and marriage within the black community when you have a felony, which is to say we need brothers to think. Um, and of course, we're not negating some of the historic systemic issues that have taken place within America. But we need uh, black men uh, and all men really to think before they make choices and think before they make decisions of what the impact of this decision is going to be in regards to issues of conflict uh, because families are being impacted by this. So this number nine, I mean, this could have been, you know, number two or three on our list because of its importance and how important that it is. And, and let's let's give a historical narrative. You know that uh, in the seventies, when when crack became available, when somebody was found with possession of crack, not cocaine powder form, but in possession of crack, it was a felony. And so you understand now that for those impoverished communities that were struggling, you have a drug that's cheap, 
you get caught in possession of it, you automatically have a felony. You can see now how the perpetuation of this has taken hold of our community over an extended period of time. And it is definitely impacting now. And so we want to open up the phone line, 727-5711. You can also follow us on Twitter at The Pastor Study. Or if you want to leave a comment on Facebook, you can do so as well. We'll try to get your comments on Twitter and Facebook on the air before the show is over. But we do have a caller right now. I believe it's Keisha from Chesapeake. Keisha, are you there? Hey, how you doing? Fine. How are you? I'm doing all right. Uh, this question is for Pastor Johnson. Um, <laughs> having grown up in a uh, military family with my mother and father, um, we really uh, encountered a lot of times when dad was gone and that type of deal. And mom had her issues. And uh, growing up, you know, sometimes children don't know whether they need to tell their parents or tell if the other one is cheating. And then, you know, as they get older and turn into adults, Sometimes they have trust issues, you know, as far as relationships is concerned and whatnot. So how would you recommend somebody uh, (laughs) deal with that as an adult, having seen that in the past? Thank you for the call. We appreciate it, Keisha. What I do plan to say on this coming Wednesday at Family Forum, Keisha, thank you for your question. And number one, let me just say that these issues are traumatic and problematic within all communities, number one. And if you're a child that has ever had to grow up through that, uh, number two, let me just say that Jesus is a healer and a restorer. Uh, When it comes down to trust issues, the issue is about being vulnerable. And remember, now, I'm not trying to be churchy and and over-spiritualize this, but we, we really have to give ourselves to the word of God, which says this, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not to your own understanding. See, the issue is, is when we lean to our understanding about the issues of life, Um, then we end up in situations where all of our paths are not in line with God's paths. So it's really about trusting the Lord with all of your heart, leaning out to your own understanding. And then in your everyday doing, acknowledge in all your ways, uh, he'll direct your path in your day-to-day doing, day-to-day decision-making, day-to-day relations, day-to-day experiences with people. You've got to be spirit-led and led by God's word or else these issues really cannot be dealt with and they cannot be given and they cannot be healed. But through God and through trust in him, and I even say this, um, you know, fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, uh, then that's a shame on me. But now God says it this way, uh, that no matter how many times somebody messes up, uh, trust the God in them. Now, you can certainly isolate yourself into a situation where you can't continue to be hindered and harmed uh, by someone who continues to afflict you as well. Um, But you've got to begin to first start with trusting the Lord uh, and trusting the God in them and yourself. And I would agree. And I would say also there's a there has to be some level of discernment that God gives you uh, in order to handle sensitive situations. And that's what we trust in, that God would give us not only the answer, but the means of how to go about promoting and bringing healing to a very sensitive situation. So, Keisha, thank you for the call. We do have another caller on the air. Lisa from Newport News. Lisa, are you there? Yes, sir, I am. Go ahead and state your comment, please. Uh, yes, I would like to respond to the statement that was made previously regarding um, African-American males and their status based on release from prison and having difficulty with employment. Um, I'm currently married, a newlywed, I'd like to say, of three years, and my husband, unfortunately, has been suffering with that um, affliction of unemployment due to his past um, decisions that he made. But with that being said, if it weren't for my husband, I wouldn't have the relationship that I have with, the, with God today. So I do credit him, and I'm very proud of him for that. But I'd like to stand up in support of those men who are proud men, who are trying, 
and unfortunately the world doesn't see their efforts as valid. Um, because you committed a crime, because you made bad decisions in the past, doesn't mean that you can't be a changed man today as he is with God's help. And in, in doing so, he helped me as well. Um, it's just a hurtful feeling to be a family member and see the pride of a man be stepped on regardless of everything he tries to do. He has a masonry, a carpentry, an ability to paint. It's not that he's a lazy person. It's just that the world does not afford us the luxury of those who have not made those mistakes and have that mark on their life forever. And it's hurtful to the family financially, and it's hurtful to the pride of a man, you know, not to be able to contribute to the household. And I would just like to say I support all those who have changed their lives and who are trying to make the effort to make their families better, you know, regardless of what the world is trying to do to them. Lisa, we certainly thank you for sharing that with us, and we could not agree more in what you said and I thank you as a wife you were willing to stand up for your husband and say look you know my husband is I am where I am today because of my husband's faith and spirit and yes even though he has a past mistake like all of us do it, it is unfortunate that many people do hold people to their past uh, for things that may have happened 10 or 15 years ago we're not downing any man who has a felony on the show. We're saying that it is a reality that for those black men who do have one, it is much more difficult to obtain employment, to take care of their families. And it puts men in a very difficult situation to have to say, OK, do I need to resort to doing things that I don't want to do? I'm trying not to go there, but I don't see any other option in taking care of my family. I think these are the decisions and, and things that really make it difficult on black men who have been convicted of a felony, who are trying to do right, who are seeking a second opportunity and who are trying to raise their families in the right way. I mean, absolutely. And, and the testament here is that Keisha is, ex I mean, the, the, the caller who called in, I believe her name is Lisa. Lisa is extremely supportive. And this is what we need, really. Sisters like Lisa who stand behind their husbands who have gone through these kinds of experiences uh, to kept, kind of help hold their arms up and hold their shoulders up uh, to continue to keep walking each and every day, which brings to another issue of what we do with the restoration of felons' rights and that kind of thing. And we don't have time on the show for that today. But this does bring that issue to bear, Pastor Swan, something that we need to consider. Absolutely right. We have talked about that on the show before, and maybe we need to get back to doing that. Uh, we do have another caller on the air. Caller, are you there? Yes, I am. Go ahead and state your I, Turn your radio down just a little bit, please. Oh, uh, absolutely. Thank Is you. Is that better? Yes. State your comment, uh, please. Yes. I um, I commend the previous caller for her high, high level of relational maturity. I, um, I It's a rare commodity for a woman to, uh, to stand by a man who um, has that kind of blemish, if you will, on his or her record. I, to be totally transparent i don't think i could do that i really don't well we thank you for your honesty and uh and thank you for the call and you know the truth of the matter is that caller probably speaks for a lot of women pastor johnson unfortunately i mean i would like to know if there's some sisters that are listening how many sisters if you're dating a man and then he tells you okay babe i got something to tell you you know maybe you've known each other for a while the relationship has gone well, but then he says, babe, I have a felony background or I have a felony on my record. How many do you think would actually stick around? And so, I mean, I think that's a legitimate question. Whether it's right or wrong, I do think it's a legitimate question and one that certainly impacts our families. 
Absolutely. Uh, uh, the vast majority of sisters that, that I know, at least in my sphere of influence, the majority of them are, are trying to be upwardly mobile and progressing within society. And the, many of them are not going to, you know, give her themselves the way that the previous caller did uh, toward a man who cannot upwardly uh, progress economically through uh, this system that we live in in America. Now, that is not to say that there are some women who uh, are in progress, who work with men that are in progress and are in process and on their way because of previous uh, mistakes in decision making, because they understand the importance of a man like the previous caller has uh, in the home of the nurturing, the discipline, the care, the love, the support, uh, the spiritual leadership uh, that a man is to provide in a home. And so they work alongside him and with him in that. Uh, with that, Pastor Swan, I would say it's so important, so important for people to be on the same track in life or at least at the same place at the same time as they're progressing toward establishing family and putting things together. That makes things a whole lot easier. Absolutely, it does. And if you're just tuning in with us, we're still in conversation with uh, the top 10 reasons, not necessarily in order of why the black family might be experiencing tremendous difficulty in this day and time. And today's uh, issue is the high or even we can say the disproportionate amount of black men that have felony backgrounds and how that impacts their ability to take care of family. And certainly we'd like to hear from you. Our phone lines are open, uh, 727-5711. You can also uh, email us on Facebook at The Pastor Study, also on Twitter at The Pastor Study, or you can just strictly email us, tps at kevinswan.org. I would be interested to hear from a man. I would love for a man to call in who has a felony. And I would love, you know, if a man would be willing to be candid enough to share their experience of what it has been like to be able to try to find gainful employment, to try to be able to find the family. How have you been able to overcome the stigma that is associated with having a felony? Uh, so if there is a man that's listening that has this particular uh, background, uh, and be willing to talk about it on the air. We would definitely want you to call in 727-5711. Uh, and we would definitely like to get your comment on the air. We do have another caller. I believe it's Tanya from Suffolk. Tanya, are you there? Yeah. Go ahead and state your comment, please. Well, the problem that I'm having with these men is, you know, their their ability to tell the truth about their situations. A lot of times... They come into these relationships, they're embarrassed about their records and their criminal background, and you don't discover this unless you ask them for a background check up front. But a lot of times they don't tell you until you weigh into the relationship, and then you discover that, you know, you're dating somebody with this long criminal history. And, of course, you got to keep going to the end of the relationship. If, you know, if the end doesn't occur, you got to work with the person, you got to try to help them through their situations but a lot of times the men aren't honest about their records they don't they don't come into the relationship to tell you you know i got a a, a criminal record you know and then next thing you know you just caught up in a situation you know well tell you let me ask you this let me ask you this and and i can understand what you are saying and i'm sure that you may speak for a lot of women but as a man do you think that if i if I know that I have a felony background and I and I really like you and I want to spend time with you, don't you think that maybe for the man he understands that if he were to tell you up front that he has a felony background, that maybe he knows he would not get the time of day, that maybe he's trying to win you over by 
who he is as opposed to what the record may say. Um, and so uh, if you knew up front, Tanya, that you would like you, you like a guy and you knew up front from the very beginning that he had a felony background, would you stick around? I don't know. I don't know if I would. But at least give me the opportunity to be up front and honest. See, a lot of times when you go down the road and tell me, then I'm, I, I don't want to be with you because you didn't tell me the truth. You see what I'm saying? I do understand it's that. Like, it's like you're in a catch-22 situation, but it's almost like that thing with age. You know, I want to know. I want to be able to choose whether I want this or not. And, and it, it shouldn't have a bearing over, over whether I like you or not, you know, it shouldn't technically if, if I'm a right person it, I, I I should be able to look beyond your faults and, and go on but it's still my life and, and and it's still you know I should know I just think that they, they need to be upfront and truthful about the situation and then if the woman go beyond that and she accepts you and, and then you don't have anything to hide you know you could just maybe you can help the person I might be able to help you do something about that criminal background Okay, Tanya, thank you for the call. We appreciate your time. Okay, thank you. And, you know, Pastor, I, I think that what she's saying is if, if the man would say it up front, but I, I, I would think that as a man, you know, we don't talk about our credit. You know what I'm saying? So you, you're talking about talking about a felony background up front. I don't think it's, it's in a man to say up front, okay, this is me. I got bad credit. I got a felony. Are you still going to hang with me? I don't think it kind of works that way. No, not really, because really, as soon as they hear a uh, uh, criminal background record, they're going to want to find out, OK, what kind of crime was it? Uh, how many times did you do it? Uh, how many people? How many times did you impact people with it? What is the propensity for it to be able to come back again? That was my big word for the day, propensity. Uh, you know, what's the propensity for it to be able to come back again? And, and, you know, a, a woman's mind goes a mile a minute. Now, I will balance this and say this, because when I leave here today, I got to go home to T.O.O. <laughs> And T.O.O. always says, if men would just tell the truth up front so that I know all of what I'm dealing with, so that I can wrap my mind around what I'm dealing with, then I'll be all right. I don't like surprises. And I can respect that. And I do think that a woman should know, as well as a man should know, all that they need to know about the other person. But I don't know if a man is going to do that up front. Because now, if I tell you everything up front, then you're going to be looking at me for my flaws and not looking at me for where I am today. And now you're looking at my past, looking at the mistakes that I've made. And truthfully, all of us have made mistakes. So is that going to impact the bearing of how you see me now? Absolutely. And what, what everybody's trying to do is put their best foot forward first. You're trying to put on the best image you can, the best polish you can. Wear your best suit, suit shine, shine your shoes the best way you can. You're trying to give the very best of what you have now i say this in regards to that to just help the previous caller what you've got to do is i tell folk if there are four seasons in the year at least go through all four seasons before you decide where you're going to go in the next step of the relationship because just as winter and spring have a different season to it people sometimes have different impacts that hit them during each season and you need to see all of those personalities all of us got about three four people in this anyway <laughs> I'm gonna leave that alone. <laughs> you not say we. Nah, I'm not even gonna go there. I'm gonna leave it alone. I think we have another caller, Douglas from Virginia Beach. Douglas, are you there? Good evening, brother. How you doing? Fine. How are you, sir? I am a ex felon, and I do recognize and I and I listen to your program and I listen to it often. 
and I appreciate you for having a forum like this here. And the fact of the matter is, we have one, two, three issues at hand. The first is that these guys are uh, uh, incarcerated, and when they do get out of an incarceration, um, they have to follow up and follow through what the narrator had been deemed to them by the probation board. And if they choose not to do that, then they just have something on their hand that they have to deal with. I myself, I done been through it, and I'm a living witness that if you don't have God first and foremost, then uh, we assume the error, and that error is going to lead us onto another path that we have come up out of. Douglas, I, I want to ask you this, and we're we're short on time. Let me ask you this very quickly. Yes, uh, sir. Are you married, and do you have a family, Douglas? I am married, and I do have a family. Okay. And, and, and so for you, how difficult was it for you personally? Um, and, and let me ask you this. Did you have, uh, with the felony, how difficult has it been for you to find employment and to take care of your family financially? Well, I look at it like this, young man. It's, it's out here in society. If a person choose what they want, then that's what they're going to get. But if they have a positive outlook uh, towards their self, first and foremost, then they can go out there in society and they can do the thing that a normal person can do out there. I done had plenty of jobs. I'm, I am a self-carpenter myself. I done been with the union. I done been with various companies. And now I'm out here on my own, and I'm doing, uh, I'm not doing what you say exceptionally well, but I'm, I'm managing it to, to keep a roof over my family head, to keep clothes on my children's back, and uh, pay my bills. Okay. Douglas, thank you so much for the call, and I appreciate you being honest with us and sharing your view. Thank you again. Young man, y'all have a blessed day. You do the same. Thank you. And, and I'm glad that uh, Douglas was able to talk candidly. He said, listen, you know, I have a family, but it has not been easy. Uh, thank goodness he, you know, he's self-employed. But not every person who is, unfortunately, a convicted felon has that type of mindset. And I think it becomes problematic when you don't have the wherewithal to say, I'm going to make it happen. My attitude is still going to be positive. I'm going to do what I have to do in the right way to take care of my family. Absolutely, and hats off to Douglas for what he's been able to do. Uh, but Pastor Swan, literally, when you do have a felony on your background, you're going to have to have that kind of attitude that no matter what it takes, I'm going to trust God, uh, and I'm going to do things in a way that are fair and sensible, and uh, the Lord will fight my battles. You're absolutely right. And we do have another caller on the air, Robert from Virginia Beach. Robert, are you there? Yes, sir, I'm here. Go ahead and state your comment, please. Well, I was just listening to what you know what you were talking about, and I would definitely have to agree with the gentleman that has just called. Um, mine's happened about 13 years ago, but it's almost one of those things where you know God has forgiven you, but society won't forgive you, you know, and you kind of continually pay the price. I'm not blaming society; that's not what I'm saying, because I also agree that you have to trust that God is going to lead you in a direction that's, that uh, that is right and proper. But as far as society, the way that they look at you. I had a, uh, even a problem not too long ago where I was working for a company that did, uh, you know, uh, technology home installation, uh, uh, putting TVs and things in homes of that nature, security-wise, and I had to go through. Well, in the state of Virginia, I didn't know that they hold a felony record for up to 20 years. 
So when I when I went through it, they told me that I wasn't what they call a DCJ, uh, DCJS. Uh, you know, I couldn't get my card. I couldn't get anything that had to do with that. So I, I had to eventually go to Richmond and explain to these people that for the last 14 years, I have lived a, uh, a, uh, a uh, I've been a, a proper citizen of the United States of America. You know, I've done what I need to do. I work hard and I haven't been in any trouble. As a matter of fact, you know, I'm in the church and I had to bring all these type of things to show them, you know, that this is what's going on, you know. But it is hard. I mean, I, even when I first got out, I, it, nobody would give you a job because you got to put down there that you had, you know, the felony or that you've been to jail and exactly what it's for. And then they kind of give you the look and, it's, you know, well, either we don't can't use you or, you know. So it is one of those things that we deal with. But, you know, I thank God for his mercy. I really do because he, he really he really brought me through. So, Robert, I want to thank you. I want to thank you, Robert, for your honesty very quickly because we're almost out of time. Are you married? And uh, do Sir, you have- I am. I am married. My wife does know. That was one of the first things we talked about, that, you know, I have some things in my past. Let me let me tell you who I am. And then she told me who she was, and it kind of surprised me some of the things that was going on in her life. So there was the openness there. I thank God for that also. So. Robert, thank you so much for the call. We really appreciate your honesty. Yes, sir. And so, but once again, you know, as I'm hearing Robert, he's doing well. But what I, what I couldn't avoid, Pastor, was 13 years he had. This, this happened 13 years ago, and he's still having to explain himself. And I can't imagine what life would be like if all of us had a mistake that happened 13 years ago. We find ourselves still having to explain for what we did. That that has to be frustrating. That has to be heartbreaking. I can't even imagine what he might be feeling. Yeah, it really it really takes us into. I I love the comment he said. You know, God forgives me, but society doesn't. And although there are consequences for every action that we have, it's at what point do we, as a society, look at how do we restore people? How do we redeem people? How do we give people the opportunity uh, to be able to live successfully in this life and not so much focusing on the life to come? Absolutely. And uh, again, we have another caller. I believe it's Lee from Virginia Beach. Lee, are you there? Doing good, man. Good. Go ahead and state your turn your radio down just a little bit for me, please. All right. I can do that. And uh, we're short on time. So go ahead and quickly state your comment, please. Look, my man, I'm a two time felon, right? And um, uh, divorced. And got married again to a woman that makes more money than me. You know, this woman has got extreme, wonderful patience. She understands what's going on. Uh, we're members of Calvary. And she understands what's going on in my life. And, and it's awesome. It's awesome thing. We've trusted God. We continue to trust God. But it was, it was difficult with me finding a job because I lost a good job. And then I had to go back to making minimum wage, which is not a problem. It's not a problem for me. My wife loves it. She's fine. She's patient with it. Through it all, we trust in God. And it's just an awesome thing. So, Lee, thank you so much for the time. I appreciate your call. Not a bad. All right. And I want to give I want to give big ups to the to the women who do support their husbands who have these backgrounds. And it's not it is what it is. We're not saying that it's negative because the truth of the matter is the only difference between someone with a felon and someone not is the grace of God. And, and uh, you know, a lot more people could be in that same situation. But we want to thank the wives who stand by their husbands and support them. Yeah, or the other side of that is the only difference between those who have one is that the fact that they have gotten caught and others have not. Right. <laughs> and that's really what that is. I believe we have another call on the end. Yes, we do. I think we have Natalia. Please turn your radio down. Please turn your All radio right. down. Is that thank good? You. Yeah, that's good. Natalia from Chesapeake, are you there? Yes, I am. Uh, I'm... My mother was uh, a felon, and the problem that I have with um, 
the situation is that she was innocent of the crime that they accused her of. And this is probably about 15 years ago. And um, being her daughter, you know, we had to struggle, you know, because she wasn't able to obtain housing. She wasn't able to, you know, her credit was messed up because of the felony. She wasn't even, you know, able to, um, you know, obtain a financial, a good financial background for us to raise us properly. And I, I do think that society has a big, um, I guess they have a big, I don't know, they just play a big part in, you know, just women failing, you know, and especially black women. And, you know, I just wish that it was easier for her to restore her rights, which is something that she's trying to fight for now at the age of 52. Okay. And, uh, you know, just watching my mom go through that, you know, has put, you know, kind of made me bitter towards um, our government, you know, our court system and the police that, that lie and so forth. So, you know, I mean, men are not just experiencing those things. Women are, too. And that's, you know, the point that I want to make. Thank you, Natalia. We appreciate your time and for the call. And I appreciate you. You know, coming up with that topic. Okay, thank, thank you. God bless. Bless you also. And again, this is uh, Pastor Johnson. This is real. Our phone lines have been ringing. I think everybody can identify and maybe knows of a person, maybe not in your own family, but a friend, somebody who has a felony, and the struggle for them just to get a decent job, just to move past the image of what people think about them. Because they, like a lot of the callers, some of them are now in church. They're trusting in God. But it's, it's, it's really a shame that people still want to look at folks for what they did years ago and hold them to that and not see where they are today. And what we do know, whether it's a male or a female, having a felony definitely impacts the black family and their ability to have income and whatever else the case may be. Absolutely. It makes me say this as we prepare to close today. And, and that is uh, something that my mother always said to, uh, to me as we begin to go up north and go to school and, and all of that, that uh, in some scenarios and environments, you got to work twice as hard to get half as far. Uh, well, at least in this in this sense, uh, let's go extra and overboard in how we govern ourselves and how we live every day, because we understand the impact that a felony can have on your record economically, how it can affect you socially and how it can impact you as you try to progress through this economic system. So let's. Let's let's go to the extra mile to make sure that we walk with a strong sense of character. Uh, Absolutely. And let's go the extra mile in trying to communicate this to our children who sometimes may get felonies at early ages, 15, 16, 17, 18, and have to live with this for the rest of their life. And uh, we've been receiving some other comments and things about uh, maybe next week we can talk about and expand this subject on how maybe uh, felonies and, and criminal backgrounds is being glorified in, in certain genres of music and community, which is which is really perpetuating another issue and problem in our society. But we are out of time. If you happen to miss a portion of the show today, uh, you can go to KevinSwan.org later on today and listen to the show in its entirety or on this upcoming Sunday at noon here at the station, uh, WHOV, we're, we're fortunate enough that the show is going to air now twice a week, live today on Tuesdays at noon, and then it will be uh, re-aired again on this upcoming Sunday at noon. So if you missed any part of the show, you can listen to it again either way. 
Once again, I want to thank Ken Royster, who came on earlier uh, and offered some great information on financial planning. Uh, if you happen to miss him, you can go to first spelled out F I R S T Genesis V A dot MetLife dot com, or you can email him at K Royster R O Y S T E R at MetLife dot com, or call his office six two seven six six zero three for more information. On behalf of Pastor Ray Johnson, Pastor John Young, in his absence, this is Pastor Kevin Swan. Once again, thank you for listening to the show today. This is the essence of HU 88.1 WHOV. Be blessed and be a blessing to someone else. Take care.